Thanks for joining us for worship. Due to the current COVID-19 measures, we're not able to gather in person. However, our communities need your support more than ever, and every offering is a blessed gift. Did you know that you can specify if you'd like your offering used for our local missions and services that go directly to help those in our community that need it the most? We'd like to thank each and every one of you whether you've donated time or treasure to keep our churches going through the current COVID-19 measures. If you'd like to send an offering, you can send it to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or mail 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, Canada, N4N1V6. This time is holy time. This place is sacred ground. Our homes are sanctuaries made holy by God's presence, and God's Spirit unites us in worship. Welcome to today's worship service. I am the Reverend McCall Cottrell, minister at Grace United Church. As you welcome us into your home, we welcome you into ours. A couple of announcements for today. Please remember that this year's annual congregational meeting at Grace United will be taking place by Zoom today, February 21st at 11.30. In case of a power outage or technical failures, the meeting will take place next Sunday, February 28th at 11.30 on Zoom. Beginning soon, at the end of our services, we'll be showing pictures of what people are doing during this pandemic. If you'd like to take part, please email a photo of yourself to the church along with your name. Ideas include a photo of you watching the service at home, taking part in an online group, undertaking a hobby, out for a walk. Please make sure that if there's anyone else in the photo with you, that you have their permission to share the photo. Let's celebrate that while we may be physically separated, we are still a community united in God's love. For more information about various online events from Grace United, including our ukulele groups for children and adults, physical activity groups, Sunday coffee time, book club, our Lenten study, and more, please subscribe to our church email list or call the church office. Today, as we gather in worship, we have placed the colors of the rainbow beside our Christ candle. Many individual colors make up the great diversity of God's creation. All life on earth is rooted in God. It's connected in the ancient story of the ark and blessed in the holy covenant of love that is not vengeful, frightening or destructive, but love that is freely given, love that is graciously poured out, love that places the bow in the sky as a symbol of the covenant of unceasing care. We place the colors of the rainbow beside our Christ candle today. Friends, as we gather in worship, we remember that for thousands of years, Indigenous people have walked on this land. Their relationship with this land is at the center of their lives and their spirituality. As we worship today, 
we recognize that we are all treaty people. At Grace United, we are part of Saugeen Treaty 45 and a half, and we are gathered on the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee, Ojibwe, Anishinaabek, and Métis people. We acknowledge the pain and broken relationship that has come with colonization and an ongoing history of oppression and racism. We pray that God may lead us in working towards building right relationships. Friends, come, let us worship. May the light of Christ shine brightly in our lives and all around us, amen. Friends, let us join together in prayer. We are a pilgrim people, accompanied by our God who journeys beside us, accepting who we are, yet goes before us, beckoning us towards who we might become. But as we move through our days, other gods call to us, questions confound us, directions blurs, indifference lulls, we lose our way. So we enter into silence, to discern again the nearness of God, who is our hope and our guide. Kindred, we can trust God at all times, for the Holy One is our refuge and our strength. So with confidence, let us pour out a shared confession of our hearts. We confess to you, steadfast God, that we wander from the path of love upon which we are meant to walk. Fears divide us, prejudice hardens us, violence destroys us. But God eternally beckons. We turn our hearts again to you, God of grace and mercy. Forgive us love that is self-satisfied and teach us love that is self and other affirming. Forgive us faith that makes us rush into judgment and give us faith that fills us with compassion. Forgive us peace we have made with our divisions and unite us in peace that passes understanding. We pray with thanksgiving in the name of Christ, amen. By God's mercy, our hearts are set again upon the path of faithfulness. Our hearts set again upon the coming of God's realm. Thanks be to God, our hope and our guide, forever. Today's mission and service. It isn't hard to rhyme off statistics that show racism is alive and well. For example, third generation Black Canadians make about 32,000 a year compared with the 48,000 earned by those who aren't a visible minority. While 94% of young Black Canadians want to complete a university degree, just 60% think it is possible. And Black Canadians are more likely than any other racial group in Canada to be the victims of hate crime. Perhaps not surprising, considering the last segregated school in Canada didn't shut its doors until 1983. February is Black History Month. Since 1996, Canadians have set aside this time to recognize the realities faced by people of African descent and honor their contributions. It's the perfect month to make this announcement. Thanks to support through Mission and Service and the United Church Foundation, six young black adults 
will begin to collect stories from Black church members about their experiences in the church, as well as their knowledge of Black church history. This fall, they will facilitate online gatherings to share learnings. The project runs through December 2021. Hopefully, the young adults will gather prophetic stories that help us understand Black experiences in our church. The aim isn't so much to identify what we do wrong. It's not about blame. It's about hearing the experiences and asking ourselves, where do we go from here? Says Emo Yango, who works in the United Church's Communities and Mission Unit. Yango adds that one of the aspects of the projects he finds exciting is building leaders. We lack resources from Black voices, especially younger ones. We are building leaders. These leaders will help us live in, into our commitment to become an anti-racist church. Church members who would like to change to share their experiences or learn more about the project can contact Emo Yango. Becoming anti-racist is an ongoing journey of transformation. Your gifts through mission and service help us take vital steps. Thank you for helping to build stronger Christian communities and a better world. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven spoke, you are my son, the beloved, in you I am well pleased. Then immediately, the Spirit drove him into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. After John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Today's scripture reading is from Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 to 17. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, as for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the, the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh and the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it, 
And remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. May you hear the words of my mouth and that may the meditations of all of our hearts be blessed by God. Words are a fascinating thing. This fall, I was reminded of the richness of words while listening to a podcast while out on my weekend long run. The word being discussed was one that we have become very familiar with over the last year, quarantine. Quarantine is the restriction of movement of people, animals, or goods with the intention to prevent the spread of disease or pests. It's a little different than how we sometimes use the word as describing medical isolation. For almost a year, we have been living in quarantine as we have restricted our movement and our physical closeness to each other in order to slow the spread of COVID-19. Did you know that the word quarantine comes from the Italian word meaning 40 days? In the 14th and 15th century in Italy, during the Black Plague, people who entered the cities from other places were required to quarantine for 40 days before they exited ships or moved freely around the town. Why 40 days? Because in the largely Christian country, 40 had a deep spiritual significance as a time of testing and cleansing. In Genesis, Noah and the others are on the ark for 40 days and 40 nights as the rain falls and the earth is flooded. In the story of the Exodus, God leads the Israelites for 40 years, wandering in the wilderness before entering the promised land. Jesus spends 40 days in the wilderness before beginning his public ministry. 40 days as a time of testing and cleansing is rooted in the season and the spiritual practices of Lent. Today, we hear of the Spirit driving Jesus into the desert where he spends 40 days being tested before he begins his public ministry. To understand the biblical world, we need to strip away our modern understanding of the wilderness. In the ancient Mediterranean world, the wilderness was a frightening place. It was untamed, unpredictable, and beyond human control. Many believed evil spirits roamed the wilderness. Some wondered if it was a place beyond God's control, and all knew that it was a dangerous place filled with peril, wild animals, and in the desert landscape, the lack of secure food and water. In this place where life is stripped bare, Jesus meets temptation. 
Matthew and Luke will later expand the story, describing temptations that focus on how Jesus will live out his holy identity as child of God and as Messiah. Forty days, a time of testing for Jesus, in order to refine what it means for him to be the preacher of the good news, that God's dominion is being made known. That is, it's here and it is coming in its fullness. These 40 days in the wilderness will root Jesus in the stories of his faith, the stories of God's covenant with the people, the 40 days and the 40 nights of the flood and the 40 years the Israelites spent journeying to the promised land. In these 40 days, this quarantine, Jesus will search out what it means to be the Messiah. As we come into Lent, the wilderness season of our faith, what does it mean to think of quarantine as a religious experience? What does it mean to think of this time that we are living as holy? Now, when I say holy, I do not mean that God caused this pandemic or that, this, that pandemics are a good thing. What does it mean to, say, to see this time as holy, as a time filled with God's presence, a time that tests us, cleanses us, and refines our life and our relationships, our relationships with God, one another, ourself, and all creation. This pandemic has revealed a lot. It has revealed great injustices such as discrepancies that have led to higher rates of infection among marginalized people and racialized communities and among vulnerable people living in assisted living homes. It has revealed that some of the people we rely on the most are the least paid in our society, including those who live with precari precarious work and include those who rely on multiple part-time employment to make a living. This pandemic has revealed racism and xenophobia as countries have been blamed and people of various ethnicities have faced insult and discrimination. This time has caused us to slow down and reflect on what is really important and on what we need to live good lives. It has revealed how many of us need one another and how important it is to have good relationships. We are in the midst of a very long quarantine and it is difficult and it is tiring. As we enter into the season of Lent, we are invited to encounter this time as holy, as a time in which we encounter God's presence and deepen our calling as people of the covenant, people who are called to love God, love neighbor, love creation, and love ourselves, just as we have been loved by God. This Lent, the Revised Common Lectionary, the three-year cycle of biblical readings, gives us Old Testament stories of God's various covenants with the people. The covenants are the stories of God's relationship with God's people. 
Today we hear the very end of the story of Noah and the ark. It's a painful story. It's a tragic story where God, seeing the destructive nature of humanity, decides to wipe out all living things in order to begin again. God orders Noah and his family to build an ark, a mighty ship on which two of every living thing on earth will be kept safe, will be kept quarantined. After 40 days and 40 nights of rain and flooding, the water finally recedes. The passengers on the ark step out into a world that has seen catastrophic destruction. The passage we hear today is where the story shifts. God's anger and regret is replaced by God's outpouring of love and the promise of never again. God establishes a covenant with Noah, his descendants, and all living things. Never again, we're told, will God withhold love and destroy all living things. Never again will creation be seen as beyond salvation, beyond hope, beyond renewal. God relinquishes God's weapon. The bow is placed into the sky. Whenever the rain falls and it feels like God is going to wipe out creation, the bow will appear as a reminder of God's holy relationship, God's covenant of eternal and unceasing love for all creation. Jesus' 40 days, his quarantine in the wilderness, rooted him in this holy covenant of unceasing love. This holy covenant will be the core of Jesus' ministry as he steps out of the wilderness and back into society. He will bless those who have been cast down, challenge those who oppress others, and he will lead people in God's way, in the path of love and justice that renews all creation. Just as a weapon, a bow, is transformed into a symbol of love, God will transform the horrifying image of the cross, the Roman Empire's symbol of fear and obedience, and it will become a reminder of God's covenant of unceasing love that, can, that transforms hate into love, fear into hope, and injustice into the fullness of life for all. Friends, when life becomes frightening, and the pains and failings of life seem overwhelming, the rainbow appears and God's covenant of love holds firm. When a virus pulls at our relationships and reveals the fractured pieces of our society, a rainbow appears and God's covenant of love holds firm. When we are on this difficult Lenten journey, when we're living in this quarantine time, and we are tired, and we are unsure, we can cling to the ancient covenant of God, the covenant of unceasing love. Like Jesus, the Spirit is leading us. The angels of God tend to us, and the rainbow renews our hope that through God's love, the world is being healed and renewed. So we follow the Spirit's lead as we live this quarantine while clinging to love, 
we continue to reach out to one another over distance, to hold one another in prayer, to make the sacrifices to keep one another safe, and to work for a world more just for all. For God is with us. God is with us in this wilderness. God is with us in this quarantine. And God is renewing all creation. And friends, this is good news indeed. Amen. Thanks be to God. And we join together in our prayers of the people. Let us pray. God ever present, you join us in a covenant of grace and you lead us to a life of ministry. Through this Lenten journey and in all moments, help us to be mindful of the rich blessings of this life. We give you thanks, O God, for this new day, for the love that surrounds us, for the beauty of nature, for the love, for the ways in which we remember that while we are physically distant, your spirit draws us together as community. We give you thanks, O God, for the gifts of time, talent, love, prayer, and money that are shared by so many and that give us the means and the strength to be a community of worship and outreach. Bless and guide the gifts that we share. United in your love, O God, we join our prayers with the prayers of all creation. We pray for all who are struggling, for all who are struggling during this pandemic, for all who have lost loved ones, for all who are ill, all who are living with long-term effects of COVID-19. We pray for all who are feeling lonely, all who are exhausted. We pray for all who have lost work, for all who continue to have to adapt to these times. God, hear our prayer, and in your love, answer. We pray for Dr. Ian Era, Dr. David Williams, Dr. Teresa Tam, and all who work in public health, and all who shape policy. God, hear our prayer, and in your love, answer. We pray for all who are in hospital, for all who are waiting treatment, and all who are recovering. We pray for all who are dying, for their friends and family. God, hear our prayer, and in your love, answer. We offer our individual prayers to you now. We pray all this in Jesus' name, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hi, I'm Adam Olivero. Chair of the Affirm Committee at Grace United Church in Hanover, Ontario. Today, I'm pleased to be sharing another affirming story with you. Ruth Wood, the minister at the Calvary Pastoral Charge in Kingston, Ontario, 
talks about her new journey in life as a transgender person and her theological reflection on acceptance and love. My name is Ruth Wood. I'm the minister at Calvary United Church in Kingston, Ontario, and I've been there for eight years now. The last two years have been a journey for both myself and the congregation in ways that have been exciting but also challenging. I'm transgender. For me, that means that I was born with a male body, but I have a decidedly female sense of inner spirit. In May of 2010, I found that I could no longer continue to hide who I was from my family, from my friends, and especially from my parishioners. So I came out. I told them that I was transgender and that I would be changing the way that I looked so that I would be presenting the person that I felt I truly was. Obviously, I was quite relieved when most of my parishioners told me that they cared more about who I was as a person inside than what I looked like on the outside. We soon found that that was easier said than done. I started to make changes in what I thought was a horribly slow pace, and yet for some of my parishioners, it was too fast. But we kept the lines of communication open and Step by step, we learn to deal with the change. Today, our relationship is a good, solid one, and we worry about more mundane things, like how we'll pay the bills. If coming out was the beginning of the journey for my congregation, it was not the beginning of my journey. As a minister, I spend a great deal of time in theological reflection, not just in when looking at the readings or preparing Sunday worship, but also in all of the events going on in the world around me, and certainly those events that are in my personal life. So it's no surprise that I soon found myself thinking of my, my gender, my gender identity, and this disconnect between it and my body in a theological way. And I knew I had to do that. I had to be able to speak faithfully to my parishioners when I told them. And so I was soon asking questions like, where is God in all of this? What does God think of my gender and my gender identity? How can I stand up in front of my congregation and tell them faithfully that I believe God does not care that I am transgender? Looking at the scriptures for a direct answer obviously didn't work. It would be like going to the Bible looking for thoughts on how God feels about airplanes. But as I searched for more indirect guidance, I came to Psalm 139, which begins with the words, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, O oh Lord, you know it completely. Now those words gave me great comfort, 
They help me remember that God really does know me, that we have this wonderful, intimate relationship with God. But it was really the verses 13 and 14 of this psalm that spoke so eloquently to me. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. That I know very well. And those verses are what reminded me that I am a part of God's great, diverse creation. A diversity that includes not just human beings, but everything around us. And not only a part of the creation, but as part of that creation, loved by God. Wonderful as that realization was, it raised another question. If I'm a part of God's creation and God loves me just the way I am, how could I even think? How could I dare think about having surgery to change my body? As I thought about it, I remembered those opening lines that God knows me completely. God knows the pain that this disconnect causes me. And I am certain that God does not want me to continue to suffer that pain if I don't have to. And so I am sure that God has no problem with me being transgender and that God will love me every bit as much after my surgery. And so I was able to faithfully say to my congregation, yes, indeed, I believe that God is perfectly fine with my gender identity. I hope that this short insight into my journey and into my theological perspective will help you in your discernment today. And I hope that you will welcome transgender people as simply another group that are a part of God's beautiful, diverse creation. Thank you for sharing your story, Ruth. Hearing other people's journeys and discoveries will help us grow as a person and a community. We hope you can join us for Firm United's Pie Day on March 14th. We are meeting to have pie and also discuss what it means to be an affirming church. The lunchtime get-together will be on Zoom, and you can contact the church at graceuc at whiteman.ca for more information. Everyone is welcome to join us to explore the affirming process. Don't forget to bring your pie. Bake your own or pick one up locally from Schultz's Bakery or the Baker's Table at Norm's Restaurant, where I got this one from. Hope to see you there. And friends, as we come to the end of this service and go out to live God's love in our daily lives, may God bless you and keep you. May God's Spirit continue to lead you and may God's love inspire you to be a blessing to this world. Friends, go in love, go in peace, and go with God. Amen. Thanks for joining us for worship. 
due to the current COVID-19 measures, we're not able to gather in person. However, our communities need your support more than ever, and every offering is a blessed gift. Did you know that you can specify if you'd like your offering used for our local missions and services that go directly to help those in our community that need it the most? We'd like to thank each and every one of you, whether you've donated time or treasure to keep our churches going through the current COVID-19 measures. If you'd like to send an offering, you can send it to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or mail 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, Canada, N4N1V6.